0: We all know the adage, consistency is core to success, and today's guest is a perfect example of what consistent action will end up leading you to. We're gonna be diving into exactly some of the mindset, some of the strategies, and some of the tips that ended up leading him to developing relationships to raise over $100 million in equity and acquire over 4,000 units. You're not gonna to wanna to miss this episode. Let's get to it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. If you're someone who's interested in investing in institutional quality multifamily opportunities, then I highly encourage you to listen up. We're very excited to announce that we've partnered with one of the top tier institutional operators in the country who has over a million units under management, over one billion dollars of assets under management. And this team is coming together with a specific purpose to buy units across nine different cities within the Sunbelt region from Charlotte to Denver And from Dallas to Nashville and multiple cities in between, they have a proprietary business plan to be able to go purchase these high-quality B-class assets, reposition them, and roll them up over the hold period to actually turning this into the first faith-driven REIT in history, which means they're actually going to exit this by selling this as a REIT. And it's an incredible opportunity to not only make and phenomenal income, but to be able to make an impact by driving real change within communities, by being able to help build stronger apartment communities. One of the biggest problems that we're seeing in our country today is a epidemic of loneliness. Over 75% of men and women are feeling lonely often or always in their life right now. And over 54% of people in apartment complexes don't have any friends that are within their complex. But the, the group that is a part of this organization is a specialist in building real quality communities and ends up having those numbers go from 54% not having any friends within the community to 75% of people having friends within the community and ends up leading to significantly better business outcomes as well as better communities and better lives for the residents. So this sounds like something that you're interested in investing in and you're an accredited investor. I encourage you to learn more by going over to vonfinch.com/waymaker and you can find out a lot more and you can have an opportunity to request access to this opportunity. And I look forward to being able to serve you and continue to serve all the people we're going to make an impact on through this investment. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm Stephen Pesavento, your host, and today I'm very excited. I've got Ivan Barrett in the studio. How you doing today, Ivan? Stephen, I'm uh, just excited to be here, man. I've been looking forward to this on my calendar now for a little while. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And for you guys who don't know, Ivan is a multifamily owner, manager, syndicator who specializes in large apartment communities in the Midwest. And since 2015, him and his firm have raised over $100 million in equity, have acquired over 4,000 units and really have been on an incredible growth streak. And so for being somebody who started out working in you know the traditional smaller multifamily space and has been able to grow and really scale into something much larger. I'd love to just start out by diving in as you were kind of up and coming and you were figuring out, you know, the steps and and processes to be able to become the operator you are. What was that point that you remember where it clicked, where that moment that you realized, like, okay, this is the direction and I feel like I'm heading in it. I'm sure there was challenges along the way, but I'd love to know what that moment was. Yeah, that's that's a
1: great question. Uh, And and again, thanks for having me, Stephen. It's it's good to be here. You actually got me thinking. You know, it really didn't feel like everything started clicking until about a year ago. We've really hit another level of vibration as far as what we execute and what the company is able to achieve. And a lot of the credit these days goes to the team.
0: I'm lucky. I grew up
1: with entrepreneurial parents. A lot of early exposure to real estate. I had an uncle that owned some apartments, another uncle that owned commercial. My dad had some rental properties, but never really graduated past duplex. Maybe he had ten at his peak. He was he was in the S quadrant, as as Rich Dad would call it, right? And I always wanted to get these big deals, and it finally clicked really in in two thousand seven and eight, somewhere around there, in the crash. And I was seeing my whole my whole real estate landscape change. Uh, And I wanted to start a business. And I I finally checked my ego at the door and said, you know, something my dad always said to me was the journey of 10,000 miles starts with one step. And I would blow that off as a kid and kind of roll my eyes. And then one day it clicked on me, you know, you you can replace miles with units, the journey to 10,000 units begins with with the next deal. And I just I decided to focus more on how do I get that, that next duplex? How do I get that next income property? However small it is, as long as it's more than one unit, and, uh, and slowly but steadily compound from there. And that, that's a, uh, a term I go back to a lot, is that slow compounding, but in a daily ritualistic way that over a period of time produces a lot of great results. And I I try to apply that as much as I can.
0: Yeah, it's such a big concept. And people forget about the importance of compounding and really how something grows, even when it's so small. And when you're when you look at something in the smallest segment, one compounding to two, two to four in the very smallest, even as small as a human hair, it doesn't seem like much. You don't really feel like you're making progress. But all of a sudden, after 19 times of compounding, you go on to 20 and now you're at a million. And so it, it's that daily practice that ends up really making a difference. So for you in your business, obviously, you know, I just want to point out to the listeners, this is somebody who has 4,000 units, raised over hundred million in equity, is running a extremely well-oiled machine, and he doesn't feel like it clicked until just now. And so for all of you guys who are kind of wondering, when am I going to get there? It's a journey. And that goalposts continue to get moved. So for you, what was it that, clicked? What was it that made you feel like, oh yeah, now we're really cooking with gas?
1: Oh man, you know, it's a lot more fun these days. Um, we've been through a lot together as a team. And as we've grown, we, we certainly hit this inflection point a couple of years ago, uh, really right, right after we hit a wall, which I saw you know, our, our executive team and my partner just simply trying to work harder. And we figured out ways to work, work smarter and grow our leaders, because just working harder at some point becomes unsustainable, Stephen. In the beginning, it's, it's absolutely necessary. You have to, you know, that, that wake up and grind mentality will serve you well. Another saying that comes to mind is what got you here won't get you there. And so we got to this point where we needed we needed to find new tools, new methodologies, new ways of thinking about things. Uh, to keep growing. Read a book called Traction. Uh, immediately deployed EOS. Very, very popular in the entrepreneur world. That helped get our our um, our leadership team developed further. Started developing leaders under them, and at that point, it, it started to get more fun, and I could focus a lot more on strategy,
0: key hires, and getting more people. So you really were able to build the business into actually operating like a business, actually being at the point where you could start to have processes and systems in place that would free you up to make sure that you're actually moving forward and people are not just grinding. What advice would you have to people who are maybe in that point? Because in real estate, when you're a young operator, young in experience, not in age, but when you're kind of coming up, you're really taught, you're really bred to believe that it's all about that hustle. It's all about that grind. It's about working 120 hours a week. And sometimes that is the answer. But what point is that no longer the answer? And how does somebody know when they're at the point where they can really start to put those systems into place?
1: I would say yesterday is the best, you know, the best time to do it and t- today would be the second best time. It's, it's kind of like buying real estate. If, if I had a time machine, I would have gotten a virtual assistant or some sort of admin much sooner and and would have hand off more of those administrative duties to somebody else. It's different for everyone, but it, it goes back to that saying again, what got you here won't get you there, right? It's that insanity quote of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something to change. As an entrepreneur, I would highly recommend looking inward a lot and, and trying to discover, which is not easy, what my blind spots are as an entrepreneur. Where am I weak? Tim Ferriss talks about focusing on your strengths and, and offloading your weaknesses. And To a great extent, it sounds pretty simple. It's not easy to pull off. But the more you can work on that and slowly compound that, then your returns become exponential to where today, the management of the the companies, um, the properties, the decisions that are being made at most levels don't run through me. They run through capable leaders who are accountable to their decisions and have autonomy in their departments, in in their respective lanes, within the operating companies and within the, the properties themselves. And that's how I've been able to scale. And that, that doesn't happen overnight. It, uh, it's a lot of trial and error. One of the things I, I really wanna drive home is I made the decision myself or, or came to the realization and, and said, okay, figuring out people is gonna make real estate and property look easy. It's gonna be the hardest freaking thing I've ever done. But that's the only way forward. And so moving forward with that realization, getting hit in the mouth, hiring crappy people, firing people, going through people, trying to find golden nuggets out there um, uh, of A players. It's hard, man. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of attention. But the the fruit on the other side, the, the pot of gold on the other side of that rainbow is so worth it.
0: Yeah, it's well worth it because once you have a system in place, then you have a real business. When I was operating in the single family space, I didn't go look at individual properties. I lived in Colorado and we were flipping in Raleigh and Minnesota like we I had to have that team. So it was it was by necessity. And without that, there's no way we would have been able to flip 200 houses in three years because it just wasn't physically possible. But there's a lot of lessons you learn once you start executing and you start hiring people and you're following traction and you've got your clear vision and your rocks and your goals and you're putting all these pieces into place. What has been the biggest challenge that you've experienced as you've been putting those systems and processes in place, just to kind of be vulnerable and share a little bit so other listeners can kind of understand what goes into that process? Externally, the biggest challenge is people, no question. The other side of that coin though is the
1: the maybe even to a, a, a larger extent is, is myself transforming from a, a lone wolf to a small business, right, to a leader CEO. That is a hard process in and of itself. And it takes a lot of uncovering blind spots. It takes a lot of, of honesty with yourself. It takes evolution. There's a lot of times you get hit in the mouth, you fall on your face, you make mistakes and you get up and you, and you try again. And I can't stress it enough as long as you keep getting up to figure it out. Yeah, I, that, that
0: would be my one A and one B for uh, my, my greatest challenges. Yeah, because sometimes when you're a leader and you're driven and you want things to happen, you're going out there, you're making them happen. You're creating this opportunity and it's hard to let go of that. But in order to grow, you've got to let go of that control by enabling other successful, smart people. But it can be scary because sometimes you let people run with the ball who are not capable of moving it down the path. And, you know, well, I could have done this so much faster myself. I should just take it back. Constant challenge.
1: Constant challenge.
0: Yeah. How, how do you how do you overcome that what, by not just taking the ball back and running with it and taking, you know, scoring the touchdown, as they say, and letting that team make those mistakes to grow so they can be their own their own people?
1: Good news is it's, it's not rocket science. It's simple. It's just not easy. One nugget that I that I would love to, to hopefully a couple of entrepreneurs listening to this pick up. It's learning to let little bad things happen learning to let people fall on their face, make mistakes, even cost you money, but realizing that's part of the tuition and and people have have to grow. Otherwise, you'll never be able to hand off the ball. You'll never be able to to scale. And it's really hard as an entrepreneur doing everything yourself better, faster, stronger, right? Because you have to slow down and take the time to train other people and, and show them things and let them fall on their face, right? Let them cost you some money let these little bad things happen. The good news is all it takes is practice momentum and slow compounding to get better at it. Mm.
0: Yeah. It goes back to that old adage of just slow and steady, do those actions over and over day in and day out to be able to get there.
1: It's a daily thing. I still today have to have to look at myself, look inward and contemplate what am I doing right now that I, that I shouldn't be doing, right? What have what I not handed off yet that I, that I should? And and this beautiful thing happens over time. All of a sudden, uh, if you really focus on it and are intentional about it, you start getting more and more A players. You know, today now we've got a fantastic leadership team of A players and they refuse to hire B players underneath them. B players don't last here because A players don't want to play with B players. And, it, you know, it's easy for me to say this now, but it's, it's a hard, hard grind to get there. The only thing I can promise your audience is that if you're really intentional about it, you stick with it, you slowly compound it, don't expect it to happen overnight, or even over the course of the year, uh, it takes longer than that, uh, your chances of success, of success are, are high. Most people just give up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to going out and finding great people to work with, great team members, great talent, what's been some of those strategies that have really ended up working well for you?
1: Yeah, you know, in the beginning, it's hard, right? Because you've got a small business, you're just trying to get people in the door, networking, coffee meetings, asking around. Uh, one thing we started doing a few years ago is we run personality tests on everybody that comes through the door back to, you know, back to being vulnerable. I'm, I'm pretty good at hiring a certain type of people for a certain role, but for anything else, I'm actually pretty bad at hiring Stephen, because I tend to hire people I like. Right. And that's, that's not always a good fit. And so early on in the process uh, I found some key employees that really took hiring seriously and really owned it. And I put that on them. And so somebody else might be really good at hiring and operations, but not have the visionary side of it. So you've got to go out there and find that there. We could we could talk about this for hours. I think the, the really key point I want to drive home is it, it takes trial and error. It takes tinkering. Everybody's different. Everybody's in a different spot in their business and their growth and their trajectory. And rather than give you, um, you know, some, some process here off the cuff, I would say to your audience, keep tinkering, right? Keep trying things, seeing what works, keep meddling with the machine, taking off the parts that are useless, taking off the parts that don't work as well anymore and keep remembering it's it's slow compounding and what got you here won't get you there.
0: Well, and it's interesting because really what you're saying, the mindset piece of this is a belief that you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to move forward into some unknown, hire somebody, bring them on and potentially have them not be the right fit. But you have to take that step in order it's to- part of the, It's part of the journey, man. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to be perfect. If you sit there trying to figure out how to be perfect, you never get started, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to bring that person on so that you ha- are willing to let that person go and now take that learning and not let that bring you down, not let that stop you, not let that have you recede from building the company that you're building into going back to being a single operator so that you can actually get to that end place that you want to be.
1: Yeah. And, and and it just you know dawned on me, it's probably a good thing to say, continue growth and focus on expansion, right? Don't slow down. I'm a big believer in you're either going to stay small and uh, and be a one man show, maybe a couple of admins, or you gotta you gotta go big. the uh, The death ground is in the middle. It's like you know if you're going to go own two Chipotle's, you might as well own ten, own one or own ten, but don't own don't own two, don't own three. It's not big enough to scale. You're just you're just buying yourself a uh, a longer work week.
0: Yeah, it's a really, that's a really big, big point. A lot of people jump into real estate on the entrepreneurial side. They decide to go down and become an operator. Maybe they're flipping houses. Maybe they're doing single families. Maybe they're going down the syndication route. But one of the hardest things is that you've really bought yourself a job if you're flipping one or two houses a year. You don't have enough money coming in to do anything other than support your own income. And therefore you can't support other people's. And so until you get to a certain level of scale, it's not a profitable business. It's a job.
1: Yeah. Property management was the path for me, managing a lot of multifamily, even single family townhomes, condos, whatever I could get my hands on early on. That was my recurring cash flow to continue to reinvest in the business and scale it. And for somebody else, it might be flipping houses or selling real estate. But I think what your point is is really good is that you can't you can't sit there. You got to grow past that somehow,
0: some way. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, how would you define success and what is success to you? That's a great question. My report card now is
1: it's spiritual. It's, it's my marriage. It's my kids, right? It's my fitness and business and money are, are really at the bottom because if I don't get all those other things, right, if I, if I end up divorce and my kids hate me uh, and I'm overweight, it doesn't matter how many zeros are in the, in the bank. Uh, so success for me is, is much more those other things. And now, you know, it, it's just, I'm like, bam, now is like my fourth kid. It's this, it's this living, breathing organism that does a lot on its own. And I, I get to sort of sit back and, and look at the high level and, and in uh, the strategy and in the direction, but it's, it's almost starting to take on this life of its own. And, and I get to be uh, sort of a proud parent. I definitely put that in the success column
0: yeah that's that's so huge. and what are some of those keystone habits, those things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led you to that foundation for success
1: yeah uh well i'm I'm pretty lucky these days. I get to spend a lot of time thinking and reading. um I work out just about every day, train really hard. Uh, I've got coaches in business life, marriage spiritual uh and and absolutely uh physical as well. The, some of the daily stuff, nutrition, hydration. Uh, at 42, I've got to stretch quite a bit uh, to keep the uh, keep the machine lubricated. And really, what's
0: what's most important and profitable profitable to the business these days is me spending time reading and thinking. Yeah, taking some time for that thinking time to actually understand where that vision is, where those challenges are, and how you're going to overcome them. So, so huge.
1: Yeah, if you don't have time you slip into this reactive mode of whatever's in your face. And um, I, I slip into that still, it's, it's easy to slip into. But that goes back to that self reflection and watching out for my trying to at least watch out for my own blind
0: spots. And, uh, and being mindful of my time, especially owning my morning. Yeah, that's really, really big. And what impact have mentors made on your life? And how do you look at going out and finding great mentors?
1: You know, mentors, I don't have a good system for finding them. Uh, I've had some great ones in my life. Uh, I'm a believer that when the student is ready, the the teacher presents himself. Um, If I had a time machine, I would certainly um, start uh, with paid coaching and in masterminds earlier in my career. Right now, uh, I think I'm in four masterminds, including Entrepreneurs Organization, starting a new one in YPO, which is sort of a next level EO. Uh, spiritual one, uh, and then of course some multifamily related ones too. I think I think that might be five now. <laughs> got to cut one of those out soon. Uh, and then I've got several coaches in any aspect of my life that I want to improve on: business, life, physical, spiritual. Uh, I've got paid coaches in all those categories. It it truly is a way to bend your your learning curve, or I should say, your growth curve upward. Is to have constant accountability from people you're paying not to let you off the hook. And some people call it forum. Some people call it a mastermind but being in a peer group where you're around other people with the same or similar mindset. Maybe they're in a different business. I get a lot of value out of being in, in forums or masterminds that aren't all real estate related. It's more entrepreneurial. Those are some of my, my biggest advantages when it comes to uh, to the growth that we've had. I'm spending well over six figures a year on my own personal coaching and education and mastermind attendance, and I'm getting at least a 10x ROI on that right now.
0: Yeah, there you go, folks. For all those who have fear, I know I had a lot of fear at first from spending any money on coaching, and now I couldn't imagine not doing it. It's huge. The ROI is super clear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shorten shorten the time frame uh, in that respect, and it'll, it'll pay dividends. Now, you got to be a good student,
0: too. You really do. And so finishing us on this purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day? Oh, man, that fire's burning, burning pretty hot right now. Uh, I would say the number one thing is being an example to my three children. They don't they do not do what I say, they do what I do. Yeah, that's such a good reminder. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find out more about you or potentially get in touch? Uh, let's see, I think I put it on here,
1: bamcapgroup.com. Easy way to find me. Uh, my name's on here too on the recording. If you spell my last name
0: correctly or or just Google me, uh, I should be pretty easy to find. We'll include that in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us. Definitely appreciate you sharing a little bit of that mindset. I'll leave you guys, as I always leave you with a reminder to go out and take action to put some of these ideas into practice in your own life and business and make some real change to inspire others. Thanks so much, Ivan.
1: Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's been an honor, man.